Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Ron and Don, episode number 92 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by. And you know, everything is at ronanddon.com, and we are broadcasting live right now uh, from the Les Schwab Studios. New York Vinny, one of my favorite guys from our KJR days, uh, reached out to me and said, Ron, uh, he is loving listening to the Ron and Don Show. He wondered if we could go old school, though, and play the opening that we used to play, I don't know, 25 years ago when we started in sports radio at KJR. Uh, this is Ron, I think, playing all the instruments. We're on his four track. He's singing. You're going to see that my voice at the time was much, much higher. <laughs> Here it is. Let's take it back 25 years. This is New York Vinny and also Dave Crosby. Uh, the Gros reached out. And uh, he wanted to hear the old theme song, too. So for the boys from KJR, uh, here you go. Ron and Don, 25 years ago, talking about chicks and things. We're Ron and Don. We travel near and far, talking about incredible things. We're Ron and Don. We're at your local bar, talking about chicks. I got to say, as a radio professional for over two decades, I never thought I would do a show where I'm holding up my cell phone <laughs> to my computer to play yeah. a song uh, yeah. off, of the, off of my Dropbox folder. Yeah. Well, thanks, you guys. Episode number 92 of the Ron and Don Show, a little bit later in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that people have been caught doing in Zoom rooms, and you're not going to believe how much money they're actually paying to engage in this kind of behavior. It is unbelievable. Also, uh, Joe Biden, how does he get back in the race? Does he get back in the race? Is this even a race right now? Uh, we'll talk about that. First, I want to talk about this, Ron. New York City, uh, they came out today and said, hey, look, if you're going to be in public, everybody needs to have a mask on. It's going to be something that's required. I know this is something that you have a lot of strong feelings about. And here's my question to you. I have just kind of done a brief survey with family and friends, and I asked them about wearing a mask. And the answers I get about why you would wear a mask or why it's important to wear a mask, or what do you think you're doing when you place that mask on, are you protecting yourself? Are you protecting your kids? Are you protecting your dog? Are you protecting people in the grocery store? What is it that you're doing? And there seems to be a lot of confusion about this because early on the CDC came out and said, you know what? Masks aren't effective. We don't want people wearing masks. Then they came out and said, you know what? Everybody, if you're at home right now and you're making masks, uh, we would encourage you to make masks yourself, for your family. And then we've even seen some hospitals come out and all the hospitals that we have dropped masks off to, like in Bellingham or Monroe or down in Fircrest or down in Olympia, uh, some of these smaller uh, hospitals don't have access to a lot of this gear. And they're saying, bring us whatever you got. If you're at home right now on a sewing machine, 
bring us whatever you got. We just did 3,000 masks for the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. They're cloth masks that you can uh, rewash. Uh, but Ron, I think I, I think there's so much damn confusion, and now you're going to require this in New York City. I think this may happen in some other places too. Well, off the top, I felt vindicated by this because there was a part of me that felt like I was being too extreme when I walked around town or when I saw people at the grocery store that weren't wearing a mask. I was getting very judgy. And so I was like, am I being too extreme with this? Like, is this something that uh, I need to tap the brakes on? And so the fact that the governor of New York, who I think is doing a really good job on this, uh, has come out and said, yes, this is the new policy, uh, that made me feel pretty vindicated. And, And I think to answer your second question on the confusion, yes, it's been confusing, and I think the reason why is because initially uh, healthcare professionals were comparing this to the regular strain of the flu. And for regular just influenza, the, the long-held belief has been it's only protective if you have it. So if you have the regular flu, you wear a mask so that you're not spreading it because you're coughing and sneezing all the time. And so they took that logic and just applied it to COVID-19 because it's a variant of the, of the flu virus. And then as we've evolved on this and our understanding has evolved, uh, it became clear that having the protection on both sides is advantageous for this reason. They've done some studies where someone was asymptomatic, meaning they had the COVID virus, they were showing no symptoms, and they had an aerosol effect with their breath, uh, and that there were RNA molecules of the virus in this aerosol form. Uh, And we've heard about this six-foot radius. That was the radius, they said, if you sneezed or even were breathing heavily from, let's say, jogging or, or going upstairs, you're expelling this aerosol of fine mist uh, particles and inside those mist particles could be RNA of the virus. So that's where this is coming from. That wearing it when you are don't have the virus is helping you avoid having particles go in your nose or in your mouth and you breathing them into your lungs uh, and then it gets in that way. And B, if you are asymptomatic and you do have it then you are protecting yourself by not allowing that aerosol to go out into a radius. So that's at least my understanding. Is there anything that, that you know that's in addition to that? Well, I, I, where the mask message began to resonate specifically with the American people, because we're a stubborn bunch. We, do, we just are. We're the United States of America, but we're still states, right? When you go live in Texas, you don't feel like you're in a state of Texas. You feel like you're in a country. Country, Texas is its own country. So is a place uh, like California. So is a place like New York, right? And I think in places where people live very high and very dense, uh, you can see why this spread like wildfire in New York City just because of the density of the whole thing. People will come out and say, well, with a cotton mask, what Ron is saying, all that may not be true. Well, because we don't have enough studies on that. Uh, what we do know, though, is it may be helping. And again, the, the story that resonated with people is not so much about saving themselves, but when people heard that, hey, if I go into a care center or an ICU or I go see my grandfather who we think has pneumonia, is 85, maybe has COVID-19, we don't know. When, when, 
when we are in shared spaces and we're looking out for other humans, for our kids, uh, for our coworkers, for our families, for our friends, that's when people in the United States actually started putting on masks. I thought here in Seattle, we were kind of trending toward that. And then when the weather got really nice over the weekend, I was really amazed how many people were out that didn't have masks on, uh, that aren't wearing gloves in the supermarket. And believe me, a supermarket is probably a pretty good place. If you're going to pick up COVID-19, it's probably a pretty good place to pick it up because it's where all of us has been funneled. There's so many businesses out there that are closed. So chances are of you picking this up uh, at at the gym, it's not going to happen because your gym is closed. Or the chances are of you picking this up on a pl- on playground equipment shouldn't happen because your kids aren't supposed to be on playground equipment. Uh, but when it comes to walking into a grocery store or stopping to get gas at a gas station, I really think about that because these are the places and spaces, people that are asymptomatic, that they don't know that they have it. They're still pumping gas. They're still walking into that grocery store. And that's why when you put on that mask, it's telling another human, at least I think, I care about you. I value you. I value your life. And so much so, uh, I'm going to wear this mask. Let me, t- let me ask you this, though, because there are some healthcare officials, providers, doctors now, and we see a lot of this on, um, at night when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm looking for different things for us to talk about uh, here on the Ron and Don podcast. And some of these doctors are, are seen as outsiders, but what they are saying, and they're creating some tremendous followings now on social media and also uh, uh, some of them are, are doing some iPod uh, casting. They are saying we are doing a disservice right now by not being around each other. What we should do is we should all be around each other and we should let the virus spread. We'll, most of us will build immunity as a result of that. And people are going to die anyway. Ron, what do you think about uh, uh, that strategy? Um, I think that on its face, it seems stupid for this reason, uh, the overwhelming of hospitals. Uh, There's a certain percentage, like when you just think people are very, very bad at handling large numbers, including me. Uh, And you, when you think about that, I, I understand the logic of it, but the practicality of it is every one of those people that you just mentioned is someone's mother or brother or father or uncle. And so when they get very sick, this percentage that needs medical care, they're going to go to the hospital. And so there's only so many beds in a hospital. There's only so many uh, patients that they can care for at any one time. And that's when a pandemic uh, gets overwhelmed and out of control is when the hospital system breaks down and you can no longer do that. That at least all sorts of social problems uh, and anger issues and all sorts of things. Uh, I mean, you could, you could lead to a, a dismantling of society as we know it if you feel like, hey, we're just allowing people to die uh, and we have no way to care for them and no hospital beds. And to, to be the United States of America, if that happened uh, would be catastrophic to our society. So I think you have to do the math and basically say, we cannot afford to have the hospitals 
overrun and just have people literally dying in the streets and dying in their homes and no healthcare workers, no EMTs. You call 911, nobody comes. There's no fire departments uh, that will drive up and help you. You're just going to flounder and suffer and drown in your own, own lungs filling with fluid. That, that cannot be allowed to happen. I don't think. So, yeah, the, the social distancing, the, the model that I've heard about is that as we go forward all the way probably into 2022 is that we'll start to ease restrictions. And then when it pops up again, because it will, once the ICUs get over 50 percent, you clamp back down in that area and you keep that rolling uh, until a, a proper vaccine is in place. But that fatalistic um deal is you know appealing to some mindsets but i think it's very uh dispassionate and not a lot of care for the actual human lives that those numbers represent yeah hey uh we come back on the ronadoncho speaking of masks why are there people wearing masks right now with penises on them uh also we're going <laughs> to find out what people have been doing in zoom rooms uh, how about that? Yeah. And Joe Biden, how does he get back in this thing? And before I get out of here, I wrote something about what it's like to have a birthday party with two people. Uh, I had two of those this past week, one for my son and one for me. Uh, we'll tell you about how that went. Uh, it's the Ron and Don show live from the Les Schwab studios, just getting started only on the Ron and Don radio network. Hey, you guys now word from Les Schwab. Uh, Right now, quote, we're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, our employees, and our communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we have increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store. And we have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines and coffee service as an extra precaution. For those who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support that they need, we are committed to staying open as long as we can And as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials, like so many, there's so many businesses, we continually are monitoring the situation and we're evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and our communities. So don't forget, you guys, Les Schwab, they've been in the community for a long time, since 1952. And I can tell you, in being one of their spokesmen for the last 12 years, this is where Les Schwab really leans in and they really help. So if you're listening to this, and you're out in a delivery truck right now, or if you're out in a semi, an 18, whatever it is, there is a Les Schwab near you. So make sure you pick up the phone, you give them a call, or find one just right on your smart device at leschwab.com. That's leschwab.com. Doing the right thing. You know it matters. All right, you guys, welcome back. It's episode 92 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. Uh, we sat down with over 75 of our brokers yesterday on a Zoom call. And it's amazing, you guys. The real estate market here in Seattle and the surrounding area is pretty sound. It is pretty sound right now. Uh, and so people are bringing houses to market, and there's still a scarcity, the same scarcity that we saw back during the holidays. Uh, so, anyway, if you want to talk about buying, selling, or just kind of figuring out uh, where you're at in your portfolio and what the next steps may be, let's do a Ron and Don sit down. You can reach out to Ron, ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com, and we'll sit down with you via a Zoom call uh, like we're about to do with uh, Ed and Carol here. 
uh, in just a few minutes. Are the cops coming to get you? I hear a siren outside your door. He's oh, right there. Come get him. <laughs> Down on the floor, O'Neal. It's a beautiful day, man. I got the cabana doors open, and uh, you can really hear that, huh? Yeah. They're, yeah let, me, uh, let me go shut the door. No, me. you can leave the door open. I don't mind. Like, that's oh. just uh, – this is uh, radio verite, <laughs> like, as it normally happens. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh you saw something online, and I saw a healthcare professional, supposedly a healthcare professional online, with a mask on that had penises. <laughs> yeah, it was a fabric pattern. What is it's that? A, well, it's funny. It's, it's a, uh, a woman in Utah that is making these masks with this fabric that is, it's not obscene. It's like a cartoon uh, character pattern, but it is what you just described. Uh, probably something that people bought for, you know, bachelorette parties or something like that. It's a novelty fabric. She's yeah. raised $56,000 for charity. And the wow. message is if, <laughs> if anybody brings it up to you when you have, you're out in public, that's when you know they're too close because you shouldn't <laughs> be able to see the pattern if yeah. you're outside of the six foot radius. So uh, it's funny. I think it's cheeky. Uh, people are trying to, you know, differentiate. I was talking to a friend of mine that was like, why aren't we seeing high-end fashion brands with the masks yet? They're like, shouldn't we be seeing like Louis Vuitton masks and Nike masks and uh, Gucci masks? And maybe I I haven't seen any of those. I was like, that's actually a good question. Like you would think that Gucci would jump on board and make a charity mask and people would spend good money to have a Gucci mask or a Louis Vuitton mask or whoever your brand of choice is, uh, and that that money could go towards some sort of charity. I, I would maybe buy that if I saw a brand that I've always, an Adidas, you know, or Puma branded mask. And I was like, that, that, I, I wonder if those are coming in pretty short order. All right. So speaking of masks, they say uh, in New York City, everybody's going to be wearing a mask. We've seen political masks. I've already seen the Donald Trump mask. I've seen the Joe Biden mask. Does And we don't talk a lot of politics, but I do think that this is important. Does Joe Biden have a way back into this campaign? Because nobody is talking about Joe Biden right now. Everybody is talking about the president. Everybody is talking about uh, be trying to be a school teacher to your kids and canceling camps and figuring out if we'll ever be able to go on vacation again. A lot of people are trying to figure out when does my stimulus money come and do I spend that on rent or do I spend that on food? What do I do here? Uh, so there's a lot of worry and concern out there. And it seems like Donald Trump pivoted on this yesterday when he did a two hour and 24 minute uh, press conference. What's really interesting, the young woman's uh, Stephanie Grisham, who was his spokesperson for the last couple months, you never heard from her because she wasn't allowed to give a press conference. Um, and it was interesting because she wasn't even allowed to talk to a gaggle, which is where you talk to a series of reporters, possibly off mic and possibly off record. She wasn't allowed to do that. She was the head of the first lady's team, communication team. She has now been sent back. And the president is now taken over communication team. He did that. The, was that a video yesterday or was the whole conference run two hours and 24 minutes? It's, that's rather spectacular. They had a two hour and 24 minute 
press conference. And in that, he made a propaganda video to show how what a great job that he did. There was a confrontation with a reporter that's like, yeah, you left February out of your little propaganda video and they locked horns. And uh, I think it was unbecoming of what the press conference at the White House is supposed to be. It's about clarity and speaking to the United United States citizens. Um, I think this could be a blessing in disguise for Joe Biden. I've thought the last several presidential cycles have been too drawn out. I think that that's one of the reasons Hillary Clinton lost, is they entered into the fray too soon. Uh, The attention span of people is not 18 months anymore. Um, There were too many debates. There were too many rallies. There were too many uh, you know, opportunities and the, it was just too drawn out. So I think if, if Joe Biden is smart, um, there's so much, uh, what's it called? Chum in the water, churn in the water right now around Donald Trump that he can just let him churn it up for the next couple months and then come out and critique it afterwards. That's always the beauty of being the, the, the guy that's running against the incumbent is you don't have a record yet. You can just sit there and critique and throw haymakers at the other guy. And so, and I also think that Joe Biden doesn't, is not positioned well to do head to head debates with Donald Trump anytime soon. Like I just don't think that goes in his favor. So just let him rope a dope himself come out when the, you know, late summer, early fall and just start landing punches then. I, I, you know, that's a good point. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that way. I really, I really feel six months from now when it's time to vote, it just depends upon where we are with this very thing. And if people have lost their businesses, if unemployment is rampant, if it becomes very difficult to get a job, and then you're looking for your third, third fourth, and fifth stimulus check, I talked to someone yesterday who is trying to file for unemployment and they were on a call for five hours uh, yesterday. And now a lot of people, what they do is they just keep having their computers call, trying to get someone on air uh, or trying to get someone on the phone and they can't speak with them. I really think it's about how we feel about ourselves. And if people are still scared, uh, when people are scared, they don't like change. And I think Donald Trump, uh, will be the president for the next four years. If, if we're somewhere in the cycle where the news isn't good and it's not positive, or we've had this big second surge that has taken off, uh, which we keep hearing about the, the second wave, which usually means when you hear about something a lot, it never happens. Um, so, But in this particular case, if there's a second wave, uh, I think the president will pay dearly for that. And then I think people will wonder... What happened to you in February? He, 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 he did something politically, though, where he pivoted. That was brilliant. When he came out and said there's going to be 100,000 to 240,000 Americans that are going to die. And then the next couple of days, the University of Washington said, no, we actually think it's going to be around maybe 62 to 67,000 Americans that are going to die. Uh, that was brilliant. Because you look at that number now compared to 100,000 to 240,000, and you're kind of grateful. And if you haven't done a deep dive on what's going on with the presidency, which most people don't do, uh, then a lot of times you can be swayed by a video like that or by something that Joe Biden says off the cuff. Here's what I want. They both promised to push a contest. Oh, 
I'm not my money on, on Biden on that one. Joe Biden, I think, is threatened to take off his shirt and do a uh, a push-up contest. We're basically electing Jack Palance to the White House. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I would love to see I would love to see both of them uh, in a push-up contest down on the stage. They both promised that uh, the first time that they debated. So. Uh, we'll see what, what happens with that. Hey, uh, we come back, the Ron and Don show. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what people are doing in Zoom rooms, how much money they're spending. And then be- before we get out of here today, uh, you guys wrote some wonderful messages to myself and my son about our birthday week. And I wrote something. Uh, it's just a piece of gratitude. That Is I it made. a poetry? I don't know. I can't take it's much more poetry out of you. No more COVID-19 poetry. Right. So there's a, there's a request. All right. It's the Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don radio network. And we are live from the Les Schwab studios. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. And they sent us this message. The safety of the customers of Les Schwab and its employees is a top priority. We're committed to staying open to provide necessary services to our customers, particularly those we all rely on for essential services and who cannot self-isolate as long as we can and as long as it aligns with guidance from local health officials. We're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, employees, and communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store and have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines in coffee service as an extra precaution. Anyone who's had an unexpected flat tire, brake trouble, or a dead battery knows why our customers depend on us to help ensure their vehicle is safe and reliable, even during these unusual times. We want to thank our store employees who remain dedicated to helping our community get where they need to go. For those of you who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support they need we're committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials like so many other businesses we're continually monitoring the situation and evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and communities all right you guys welcome back it's the ron and don show episode 92 and we are broadcasting live from the les schwab studios ron is on south lake union today i'm over on queen anne uh, but we're virtually getting together with a lot of our clients. Uh, we just jump on and we Zoom with them. And we've had some really great talks and meetings. So if you're in a place right now where you're wondering what to do with your greatest asset, uh, which may be your home or your condo or vacation home, whatever that is, uh, if you need some help right now or some direction, uh, we are pretty we are pretty grateful for what the market is doing in Seattle right now. Uh, pretty darn grateful, especially compared to other parts of the country. So the real estate market here continues to trend in a really good direction. So that's good news for a lot of us. Reach out to Ron, Ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. Uh, Ron, you and I zoom a lot for our business. Uh, are you using zoom for anything else? The reason I ask, uh, there's some pretty famous DJs out there that are having zoom parties. But to get into the Zoom party with the favorite DJ, uh, you got to be willing to uh, to pay some money. Um, I haven't heard of that. What are the, what's, the, what's the cover charge? Because I actually did my first uh, Zoom movie club on Monday. Oh, t- you did it or you're doing it? I, no, I did do it. Oh, what is, so tell us about that. Uh, and and, so, and 10, to, 10 to 30 bucks for the DJ. Also, there are uh, escorts out there now, adult escorts. Uh, that can't meet with their clients face to face, so they're promising uh, specific things 
in a Zoom meeting that also evidently uh, people are paying for. Yeah, too. I can so imagine that, that? that that might be a pay-as-you-go situation. Yeah. Uh, I had heard about this idea from Esther Perel, the uh, relationship guru, and she's mm-hmm. had a couple New York Times bestseller books. I actually want to read some of her books uh, about doing a Zoom movie club. Mm-hmm. And so I put the first one together. Um, a couple of people that you know and a couple of people that you don't know that well. So it was me who you know. I know. And then uh, I had I invited Tom Tangney, who is no. our, our old uh, friend from Cairo, who's a movie critic. So he's Love. always fun to talk movies with. Love and know. I invited Rachel Bell. Love and know. And she's fun to talk with. Her her boyfriend was on the call, and the woman I'm dating was on the call. Okay. And then our, our friend from uh, San Francisco, Michael, was unable to make it. But the movie we picked was Jojo Rabbit, which I hadn't seen yet. Nice. Uh, won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay last year. Okay. So the assignment was everybody watch Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. and then we'll log in. And you cannot – the only rule about Fight Club is you can't talk about Fight Club. So right. you, can't, you can't talk about COVID-19, no pandemic talks. We're talking about the movie. Great. And so we had five minutes of just like, hey, everybody, good to see you. What's going on? Like I hadn't talked with Tom uh, in, in a long time. So, and then we talked about the movie and discussed the movie and we just, whether you liked it, what you didn't like about it, I kind of moderated it. And then we're going to do next week. So then I I picked Jojo Rabbit. So the next week, uh, Rachel picked. And so she picked Spinal Tap of all movies. She's like, I've never seen Spinal Tap. I've always wanted to see Spinal Tap. And so now everybody's going to watch Spinal Tap. And so for the following week, that's what a movie club is going to be. And we're going to try to do it every week uh, for as long as we're under lockdown. Yeah. We work with Rachel and Tom at Cairo. They're two of our favorite people. Uh, my question is, how do you get a word in edgewise when you have Tom and Rachel on the same panel, which is you, kind of awesome. You don't get a lot. I actually, I should have recorded that because yes. it, it went, it went into some very uh, highbrow critiquing uh, as Tom Tangney's want to do. And oh, really? Splintered off into directors and writers and a cat, like the dude's an encyclopedia on movies. So it was, it was very fun. Yeah. Um, I just sort of, it was, it was just, it, it was the fastest hour and 15 minutes I've had in a, in, in weeks. It was just fun to talk about something yeah. uh, with friends and uh, that was not COVID related. So that, that's a, I would encourage people, you don't have to talk movies. You can do a book club. I've heard of people doing their book club online. You can do a movie club if you like cars or music or whatever. Uh, pick an album that you love and just get your buddies around to talk about a record that you like. It's, it's just fun to not talk about COVID for a while. Yeah. You know what's been fun for me is getting people that are your friends from different times in your life, and they don't know each other. But, but they've heard about that other person. And for you and I, because we, we traveled so much in our radio careers, uh, being in places like Los Angeles, San Francisco, and being in Dallas, being in Phoenix and Grand Rapids and New Orleans and here in Seattle, the list seems to go on. Uh, it is really cool when you can take two of your really good friends for different cities and different parts of your life. And you can put them together uh, on a Zoom call. That was kind of awesome. My friend Joe, as you saw the other night, my son was on a Zoom call. A lot of people called in to wish him a happy birthday. And Joe was in his gym out in his garage. And at 57 years old, we want to see how many pull-ups he could do. So he did it on the Zoom call. 
How many did you I do? Ca- I counted 19. 19. Wow. Nine, yeah. I don't think I could do one pull-up right now. Jumping Joe Kenny, 19. It was uh, unbelievable, and he did it. I think he did it with his shirt off. Of and, course. Uh, and he did it in front of God and everybody uh, on the Zoom call. That is so, impressive. Are you going to read us yeah. your uh, birthday poetry or thoughts it's from the birthday? It's prose. Hey, you wrote, hey. Hey, you wrote something really nice about me. Thanks for that. And then you put up a picture of us uh, in Lake Washington. It looked like a, a warm December day with no with no dry suits on. Uh, I got a new jet ski. At least it was new to me. We decided to go ride. And uh, I think I was in – I still had my full-on five-star mullet going too. So thank, thank you for that picture. It was great. Yeah, it was fun. I walked down memory lane. I, I yeah. figured I'd take a break in the Ron and Don newsletter – from all the COVID mask messaging to just wish you a happy birthday. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I, so I'm going to read this. I, I'm a little stuck, though, because when, you, when people find out it's your birthday and, the, and then in social media and they write something nice to you, you feel like you have to go back and, and just giving them a smiley face isn't enough, especially if they've written a paragraph. You feel like you have to counter with a paragraph. You, so... I'm, I'm going to go in the process now of thanking everybody. So I did that with this message. But the problem is then everybody piles back on and starts wishing you happy birthday again. Right. Do I have to go back and, no, and smiley face and, nope. and hit a like and all that? Because I was hoping that what I wrote here was just going to close out the birthday week. I think No more happy birthdays. What? You wrote too much. You need to have it. So the, the closeout message is... Two lines max. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for your awesome birthday messages. Yeah. I'm out. Because otherwise it keeps going. See you next year. And a, and a lot of times when people put up the message, hey, I want to thank everyone that wished me a happy birthday, what you're really doing is giving the middle finger to everybody that did not. And then right. they, they feel guilty, but then they also see a lane for themselves. They're like, you know what? I'm a day late, but I don't have to be a dollar short. I can jump in right here, right now, and say, sorry, I missed the birthday. What do you do with that? Sorry, I missed the birthday. My friend Joe called me today. He said, I'm bringing over a cake. And I said, how come? He said, uh, for your birthday. I said, the birthday was yesterday. He was crushed by that. I said, You're, it's no longer my birthday, so you, 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 you keep your cake. So His it's, it's, wife texted me and asked me if it was your birthday yesterday, so I texted her back that, yes, it was. Oh, Nope. So, uh, not to tell tales out of school. Yeah. All right. Anything, uh, anything you're learning here on episode 92 that you have found, uh, to be helpful through the course of the day. Cause we're all just, we're all just kind of learning here, here together. And then I'll, and then I'll read this. Uh, the last thing that I just learning about life, you mean? Yeah. Just what, what you're kind of learning through this. I, I think for us, I, and I explained this to someone yesterday, be, be, when, when, when you have just moved to a city and you're working there for nine to 12 months and you jump into, because Ron and I always jump into everything and we get everything we have. We entered a radio during a time where there's a lot of companies that were buying companies. So we might be hired by CBS, but then Intercom comes in and they may buy the station. Then what they do is they have their own stable of talent that they already have contracted. A lot of times they will take the existing talent that they just inherited and they will fire all that talent and bring in their own people. When you and I were coming up in radio, that's exactly what was happening. 
So in San Francisco, that's exactly what happened. When we were in Arizona, that's what happened. When we were in Dallas, that's what happened. Stations were acquiring stations and then spinning off. What it does, though, is it either creates a lot of trauma for you or it creates grit. Because then Ron and I would be back at home, and now we know we have to go out and find another job. These are hard jobs to find. For the next 6 to 12 months, you go out and you find this job. And then once you find this job, then you have to move somewhere you've never lived before. You have to re- you're repacking all your stuff and you're, and you're chasing the stream. And this, just, this is not some boohoo. Uh, but it taught us grit. It, it just taught us grit. Katrina taught us grit, right? It was tough. It was hard. But it taught us grit. And, and so when something like this is happening uh, throughout the world, and I see, I see the grit and the resilience, especially in children. I see a lot of resilience in kids. Uh, but sometimes I worry about older folks. They, they've done a study about trauma and they studied young men that go off to war that are 18, 19, 20 years old and what it's like when they come back versus if you're 35 plus and you go off to war and you come back through that 35 year old, it's a lot more traumatic because things are already, already set in your brain and the chances of having PTSD for someone that's 35 versus that 19 year old, uh, it's different. And um, for that 19-year-old, a lot of times their brain is still forming, and they are able. Uh, some, and it doesn't mean they don't have PTSD too, but they are able to deal with it uh, a little bit better uh, than that 35-year-old. So I, th- I, I do worry that this is creating a lot of trauma right now for people, uh, and we got to take care of ourselves. So. Um, so we can take care of others. I wrote this. This is just a thank you. My son had his uh, birthday this week, and so did I. Uh, and I put up a picture of us in our hats that we got in Hawaii a couple months ago when we went to swim with the turtles. And uh, we discovered black belt courage, and we've told you about that before. Uh, anyway, it just says, we just want to take a moment to say thank you for wishing both of us such uh, tremendous and uplifting messages uh, on our birthday week. Uh, we wondered what it would be like to have a party of two. And we found out uh, just how awesome that that can actually be. Uh, I sometimes struggle as a parent. My big sister, Beth, she told me something that had a great impact on me as I was planning our birthday week. And I was feeling like what I'd put together wasn't going to be enough and it wasn't going to be fun for him. And she said this to me, plain and simple, and, and, and I'll remember this forever. She just said, Donald, you are enough. So many of our kids right now, this is spring break for them. This week is spring break. And they're quarantined in their homes. A lot of them unable, especially if they're, they're only lonely, like my kid is, you don't have those friends to play with. Uh, camps right now are being canceled. Uh, and classes um, have been canceled and they're trying to do everything online. You think about the friends, you think about their proms, you think about their graduation ceremonies, these journeys they've been on, birthday parties, family, and friends. Uh, and it is very tough for us sometimes as parents to watch our kids go through this because we feel like they're being ripped off. You know what? This is going to make them better. They will know empathy. They will know sympathy. They will develop grit and resilience. They will remember this time in this chapter for the rest of their lives. Someday when they're talking to their kids, they will talk about, you know what my parents did 
and that virus went worldwide. They became my playmate. They became my friend. They became my coach. They became my teacher. And they became our best friends. Finally, we put on our Maui hats this week. Uh, We wore those to remember that one time a couple of months ago when we swam with the turtles. It reminds both of us to hang on to our black belt courage and for us to live in the spirit of aloha, which is a life that you live full of joy, compassion, and mercy, no matter what the circumstances are. So today, we wish you all a great day of aloha, all of you. Just remember, like my big sister Beth said, that you are enough today. We all are. We have to be. Once again, thank you so much for your kind messages. They went to, they meant the world to, uh, to Gunnar and myself this week. And we say mahalo to all of you. He's Ron. I'm Don. That's episode 92. We'll see you for 93, 95, 97. And episode 1,314 that we haven't recorded yet, but we are working on it. Ronanddon.com, get signed up for the newsletter. Like I said, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time right here on the Ronanddon Show. You guys are enough.